Cruz is being Ted Cruz while Texans are just trying to literally survive. Serena Williams' exit from the Australian Open has people asking her about retirement. And Farhad Manju joins us to explain why fighting intergenerational battles is dumb. It's February 18th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Zach Stafford. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. And Casey, today is a blessed day uh, for a few reasons. One, my anger towards a certain person in Texas is validated again for the thousandth time. But the other thing, another feeling of joy, pure respect is also validated. And that's for the one and only Dolly Parton, who has tweeted out that she does not want a statue in our shared home state of Tennessee to go up right now for her. She she loves that people want to put up a statue of her, but she thinks resources should go to other things because there are more important things in the world right now. And she is a perfect human being. Yeah. Uh, Zach, this is a Dolly Parton stand podcast now it is so i fully support this conversation i mean i love that she's like yes please don't put a statue up of me right now there are way more important things going on but i do love that she said hey in the future though when i'm dead if you want to and you think i still deserve it cool go ahead she said go go right ahead do that (laughs) invest the money i deserve so anyway we love her because she makes good decisions but casey i think you have a story for us about someone that does not make (laughs) no no he doesn't and we are so ready to talk about this because my blood is boiling right to quote clue the movie there's there's fire burning on my face (laughs) okay so we need to start with i know that was also not a direct quote but that's how i feel we need to start with a wrap on everything going down in texas tiktok user sadie had this update for everyone outside the state who may not know what's going on not gonna lie i'm kind of freaking out so for the past 21 hours, my apartment complex and certain parts of my city have been without power. This is happening all over the state of Texas currently. They promised us rolling uh, blackouts that would only last probably 10 to 41 minutes. That was a lie. The temperature that my car is currently reading is 21 degrees. Yeah, I mean, if you go on TikTok right now or the news, you're going to see really devastating and horrifying videos of pipes bursting and and people just is in a good situation right now. Texas desperately needs help. And these Texans are trying to survive. And meanwhile, Senator Ted Cruz appeared to be making a trip to Cancun, Mexico with his family. He was spotted on a flight and Twitter sleuths got to it. And it turns out, yes, it was in fact Ted Cruz. In response to the vacation, Cruz released a statement saying, With school canceled for the week, our girls asked to take a trip with friends. Wanting to be a good dad, I flew them down with them last night and I'm flying back this afternoon. My staff and I are in constant communication with state and local leaders to get to the bottom of what happened in Texas. We want our power back, our water on, and our homes warm. My team and I will continue using all our resources to keep Texans informed and safe. ABC News has also reported that Houston police officers get this, were assigned to aid Senator Cruz at the airport Wednesday and monitored his way through the building. This occurred after his staff requested the assistance. I, okay, we have had many years of of seeing the Republican Party do things that we never imagined before. But even so, last night when I did see the photo, I did not believe this was actually Ted Cruz. I thought, we're going to wake up today and BuzzFeed.com is going to say, meet the dad that went viral because people thought he's Ted Cruz. But no. This man, this senator, thought it was good to send his kids in a pandemic to Mexico with friends, with a police escort, 
while his state doesn't have energy or power. What is, I don't, Casey, I do not understand. He abandoned his state. And there's some people on Twitter being like, what could he do there? And I'm like, okay, let's talk about Beto, who's calling seniors to say, hey, do you have power? Are you okay? And a lot are responding, no, we're not okay. We're freezing. And then they get cars to come and pick them up. Like people are dying. I, you know, I don't like to get super, I mean, we like to get political. What am I talking about? I'm going to say this. We have been calling, a lot of people have said that the Republican Party is acting like a death cult in the pandemic by just letting people die and not giving them access to the health care and all these other things. But this also is another version of that. For you as a senator to be like, you know what, you guys can just like freeze to death and I'm going to go to Mexico. Girl, none of these people can afford to go to Mexico. That's why they're stuck at home. That's why they can't even get to a hotel. So you, he, he should think about his position. Doesn't sound like he wants to be senator, in my opinion. Oh. All right. Meanwhile, another thing that has my blood, you know, bubbling a little bit is we need to talk about the GOAT, the best athlete of all time, Serena Williams. Last night, she lost in straight sets to Naomi Osaka in the semifinal of the Australian Open. That loss led to questions about Serena possibly retiring, and after the match, she became choked up over it. People wondered if this is, you were almost saying farewell. Um, I don't know. If I, if I ever say farewell, I wouldn't tell anyone, so. <laughs> so. Uh, last couple questions in the room, please. Yeah, Craig, then. Julie is saying about the, the unforced errors through the match. Considering how well you've played to get to this stage, what do you feel caused that? Or was it just one of those bad days at the office? Uh, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Serena is still trying to get her 24th Grand Slam win, which would tie Australian Margaret Court's record. It's one of the only records Williams hasn't broken in her 26-year career. I mean, it is literally no wonder that she's getting emotional over this. This tennis is her life. You know, she has a lot of great, wonderful other things in her life, like her daughter. But this isn't just a career, you know? This this is her life. So it's like, this means a lot. (laughs) Also... Let's point out the fact that Serena Williams has had a baby. She's older than Naomi mm-hmm. by a lot of years. You know, you know, she is a she is an, a zennial. I think <laughs> is the, the term we're learning these days. Um, but she's an, she's older, but she's still competing at the highest level. And she made it to the semifinals of the Australian Open. If I made it to the semifinals, I would not be like mm, I'm retiring tomorrow. No, no. she still has it. In yeah, she still has so much time. So much time. We're letting Tom Brady <laughs> over here at 43 years old win a Super Bowl and get drunk and my. Miami and you girls aren't asking retirement question mark. Yeah, shut up. I'm over it. I'm over it. So many people. I'm over it. She is the goat and she will be forever. All right. So moving on, we know Gen Z has some feelings on how millennials do things. From poo-pooing side parts and skinny jeans to certain texting emojis, Gen Z thinks millennials are doing everything wrong. And millennials aren't the only targets of Gen Z. With the comeback of OK Boomer to anything that they deem outdated or not with the times, Gen Z is taking everyone to task. But what if our thinking about generational divides and differences is misdirected? Could we be putting that energy to better use, like, say, eating the rich? (laughs) To break down this generational divide, we're talking with New York Times opinion columnist Farhad Manju. They wrote the piece, instead of generational culture war, let's fight the rich back in 2019. Hi, Farhad. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, great to be here. So to start off, why do we have generational classifications anyways? Aren't they all kind of made up? 
Yeah, they're pretty much all made up. There's some demographers, you know, people who actually study uh, demographics, they use them for kind of broad analysis of, of kind of how people are changing over time, the kind of different um, cares people have, different, um, you know, economic situations. But they're sort of applicable in a, in a very, um, you know, small way for kind of specific uses. The way that we talk about them in, you know, in media, we over-invest a lot of meaning into <laughs> into these uh, labels. And, you know, you tend to see it in headlines all the time, like, you know, uh, millennials with their avocado toast and uh, they're killing everything. And like, there's now those with Gen Z. And it starts with like, there's a lot of marketing behind this, like a lot of marketing industry dollars go to, you know, trying to figure out the thing every, all millennials love. Um, but it's not really real. And it's and it's especially um, false for like the newer generations, for millennials, for Gen Zs, because they're much more, diverse and there's a lot uh, more um, differences in like economics and race and class and compared to like boomers for example who are probably more similar it's much harder to make generalizations about about the newer generations mm. so you initially wrote your op-ed in reaction to the okay boomer yeah. trend which we'll get to in a bit but first i want to know what your take is on the millennial versus gen z meme war i mean is it just more of the same I think it's more to say. I mean, I yeah. tend to tune out like I tend to tune out all generational talk these days because it just feels very I don't know, fake. Like it just seems like either in media or or even the people participating in it. I mean, I assume there's some kind of like class loyalty or like generational loyalty with other people in your generation, but it seems like it's only the most superficial bit of, of loyalty. Like, I don't know, maybe something less than like loyalty to a sports team even. But that, that's what I was going to say is this are like, it feels like we're not on sports teams anymore. So this is our sports. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and so like as much sense as it makes for you to like root for your team, just cause like you're in the same county where your team is located like maybe but i don't know you don't feel like a lot of great affinity with other people in your county perhaps and that's like the similar thing i think with uh, with generations Right. You write in your piece that these generational conflicts are really just about the age-old struggle between the young and the old and those with power and money and those without it. What does it mean that we're already seeing these differences crop up between millennials and Gen Z? Is it really just about skinny jeans and side parts or is there something deeper there? Um, I mean, I, probably a lot of it has to do with age differences, right? And also sort of what you also see is kind of like, I think this happens with all generation, sort of the like successor generations, people thinking that their lives are uh, more or less unfair than um, the previous uh, generation, that they have it harder or easier. Um, and uh, you know, I think that, so I'm uh, Gen X, I guess, and, and we're famous for not caring about anything. So, um, <laughs> like, I don't remember, <laughs> I don't remember having this real conflict with like the generations before mine, but it might've been just because that's like what my generation was. <laughs> but I think that probably if you look at kind of the um, conflicts between the millennials and Gen Z, they probably are very similar or reflect the um, specifics are probably different because there's the internet and memes now. But I 
I assume that whatever was the counterpart to memes like 40 years ago will give you the same sort of flavor of the conflicts that we have today. And they're usually about money and class and access to education or access to sort of job opportunities and like whether or not the new generation has it easier or harder. And usually from the older generation, there's some sense that like the people who are younger are just like not as serious or screwing things up, have things easier in a way that allows the older generation to to just say that, you know, they're unserious about life. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we'll be right back to talk more about generational divides and how specifically Farhad and Gen X has somehow stayed out of it. Stay tuned. Chief-It. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat-burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Zoe Deschanel and I'm so excited to be joined by my friends and castmates, Hannah Simone and Lamorne Morris, to recap our hit television series, New Girl. Join us every Monday on the Welcome to Our Show podcast, where we'll share behind the scenes stories of your favorite New Girl episodes, reveal the truth behind the legendary game True American, and discuss how the show got made with the writers, guest stars, and directors who made the show so special. Fans have been begging us to do a New Girl recap for years, and we finally made a podcast where we answer all your burning questions like, is there really a bear in every episode of New Girl? Plus, each week you'll hear hilarious stories like this. At the end when he says, you got some Schmidt on your face, I feel like I pitched that joke. I believe that. I feel like I did. I'm not a thousand percent. I want to say that was, I I, I tossed that one out. Listen to the Welcome to Our Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Paris Hilton. Last year, I revealed the story of my abuse at Provo Canyon School. Since then, thousands of survivors have come forward. Now I'm on a mission to expose the truth of the entire industry. In this weekly investigative podcast, me and my host, Rebecca Mellinger and Caroline Cole, will examine one infamous teen treatment facility each season. First up, Provo Canyon School. This one is personal. When you first get there, you have to experience girls screaming, locked up, peeing themselves in the hallway sleeping and you're like where am i holy heck this is not what i expected listen to trapped in treatment on the iHeartRadio app apple podcast or wherever you get your podcasts welcome back we're talking with farhad manju about intergenerational divides So you speculate in your article that these intergenerational divides, quote, keep us from changing the world, focusing on generational differences, distracts the masses from going after more salient differences in society, especially the power held by the wealthy, whatever their age. And you specifically suggest we should change OK Boomer to OK Billionaire. Can you explain what you mean by that? 
Um, I mean, that was mostly a joke because that was like a, the, the um, <laughs> you know, the, the meme war of the day when I, when I wrote it, which was like a, a year ago, I think. But to expand on that, I think that a lot of the issues that millennials have, a lot of the issues that people in Gen Z have and just Americans have, you know, it has to do with like economic differences and inaccessibility to housing and jobs, problems caused by race and like age old problems in the U.S. And I think that one of the distorting effects of kind of seeing the world through generations is that people who have similar problems across generations. So, you know, there are boomers who have difficulty paying rent, who have difficulty getting jobs, sort of similar problems that, you know, millennials or Gen Zs have. But it's difficult to, I think, form like political coalitions across generations. It's difficult to form. It's not impossible. You see this happen. But I think that our, our discussions of generations kind of make that a hurdle. I think that we would have, you know, not even focusing specifically on billionaires, but the like wealthiest people in America have most of the power and most, you know, wealthiest like 10% of Americans have most of the power, most of the wealth, and like most of kind of access to politics and kind of other levers on power. And if you had, I sound like a socialist now, but if you had like all the other people <laughs> kind of uh, working together rather than seeing themselves as being in these like arbitrary buckets, you know, just by age, I think we'd have kind of a, a fairer society. And many of the problems that people have within each generation, I think you could sort of work toward addressing them like with coalitions across generations. Well, speaking of socialism, I want to bring up <laughs> Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who people famously call socialists, and Bernie Sanders. They have a very deep relationship. They are of different generations, but they've bonded over similar ways in which they both have experienced, you know, oppression, economic, cultural, et cetera, through their experiences in America. And they also both really like Greta Thunberg, who's very famous for fighting for climate change. So would you say that these folks are good examples of how we're kind of mending these divides and giving us a framework of better understanding how we can come together and let the memes die. Yes, I think those are exact those are great examples. Like AOC and Bernie Sanders and and Greta like they're from different countries, they're from different racial backgrounds, different generational backgrounds, but also like parts of the parts of the country kind of different um cultural backgrounds and they have shared political affinity over the major problems that Americans and the world face today and I think there's a particular power in that like the Sunrise uh, movement is for people of a certain generation, sort of younger people who will face the most problems from, from climate change. But the fact that they are, um, you know, they need kind of political power, they need access to politics to make those changes happen means they have to work with people who are older people like Bernie Sanders. And the idea that a congresswoman from New York, relatively um, new congresswoman, can't get a lot done without sort of forming coalitions. And so like that connection with Bernie Sanders, like makes it more politically viable. I think that's is most social movements that we've seen that have been successful have had that kind of like cross society cross generational politics that is very powerful and you know they're those kinds of movements become much less powerful when they're only from a certain generation or they're only sort of they speak to like hippies or boomers or uh, millennials or whatever sort of the the specific like young person of the day uh, um, <laughs> is called. <laughs> So, okay, do we genuinely think all the generations can put their differences aside like AOC and Bernie and Greta to make bigger changes that all of us need? Or do you think we're going to be stuck having these same arguments when the next generation comes along? 
I hope that we don't. And and I suspect that we, at some point, people have got to get bored of these generational conflicts, right? <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I thought, that the, I thought that all the dumb headlines about millennials would have killed it. Like, I thought millennials were going to kill generations with everything else, but, like, apparently they haven't. So um, I'm I mean, at the point where I don't like avocado anymore because <laughs> oh the joke has ruined You're avocados for me. I, yes, I, I too, have a complex over avocado toast. Yeah. Like, I go. <laughs> I love avocado toast, by the way. Uh, <laughs> it's one thing you, you millennials have like brought brought to the world. Um, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, um, I mean, maybe it's endless. Like maybe, you know, young people have always fought with old people. So maybe that that is always going to happen. But I really hope that we are more enlightened than that. I mean, the whole millennial discussion was so stupid that like i hope people can like see how superficial that was and like move beyond it oh. uh, all right so finally before we let you go farhad i must tap into some of your generation x wisdom here <laughs> and ask how do you stop yourself from getting dragged into this nonsense you know outside of you are an opinion columnist at one of those powerful papers of the world so you do find yourself in lots of conversations on the internet but you know generationally you guys are pretty like on the sidelines you are switzerland so what advice do you have yeah. for us millennials <laughs> at the buzzfeed.com <laughs> I mean, I think our generation is associated mostly with the 90s. And like the 90s was mostly a great time. Like there was not a lot of big wars. The economy did okay. Like, and maybe we were just kind of insulated from a lot of like trouble in our youth. And maybe like grunge music has something to do with it, where it was like kind of like a don't, don't care kind of um, like sensibility. So I don't know, like maybe listen to a lot of like Pearl Jam and Nirvana and then, and then you'll do okay. There we go. Yes. Kurt Cobain is the yeah. key. To yeah, exactly. Dissolving any of your tension. I, I agree. I love I love Nirvana. <laughs> well, Farha, thank you so much for joining us today and entertaining us with your wisdom from Generation X. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Good to be here. That's it for today. Join us tomorrow when Stephen Lacanti is back on the show for another edition of DM911. And remember, Dolly Parton is a literal angel on Earth, and you can fight us if you think otherwise. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. Calling all partners. Losing weight is better together with Nutrisystem's partner plan. In fact, people who diet together lose 20% more weight than dieting on their own. Get new premium meals with up to 30 grams of protein. They're big and filling and taste delicious. Plus, try our new restaurant faves that taste like your favorite restaurant portioned with half the calories. Don't wait. You could win big cash during Nutrisystem's Better Together Partner Plan 100K giveaway. And maybe win the grand prize of $25,000. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash in right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off your first month. You heard me right. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Don't wait. This partner plan offer will not last long. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin. See website for details on our two-month subscription offer. No purchase necessary. Open only to U.S. residents over 21. Void where prohibited. Runs December 25 through April 4th, 2022. For official rules, visit Nutrisystem.com. Sponsored by Raffi is the voice of some of the happiest songs of our generation. Baby Beluga. So, who is the man behind Baby Beluga? Every human being wants to feel respected. When we start with young children, 
all good things can grow from there. I'm Chris Garcia, comedian, new dad, and host of Finding Rafi, a new podcast from iHeartRadio and Fatherly. Listen every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everybody. I'm Rachel Bonetta, and I have my very own podcast called Benched with Bonetta. You kidding me? Woo! I'm just here so I won't get fined. Every week, I'm going to be talking about all the things I find fascinating about the NFL, and I'm doing something that has never been done before. I'm opening my DMs. DMs now open. <laughs> Listen every Tuesday and join me on the bench. Subscribe now and listen to the Benched with Bonetta podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.